This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 141, using ritual as remedy. Do you ever feel lost, disconnected, lacking purpose, or connection with yourself and the earth's healing rhythms? Rituals might be the answer you're looking for to deepen your sense of self, community, or spiritual awakening. To talk about this today, I sat down with the author of the book, Ritual as Remedy, Embodied Practices for Soul Care. Mara Branscombe is a mother, writer, yogi, artist, teacher, mindfulness leader, and spiritual coach. She's passionate about weaving the art of mindfulness, self-care, creativity, mind-body practices, and earth-based rituals into her life and work, and she has been leading community ceremonies since 2000. An adventurous spirit, Mara's sailed across the Atlantic Ocean, trekked across the Himalayas, studied yoga in India, planted trees in Canada's north, lived off the grid in a remote cabin in the woods. She's even worked as a Waldhof teacher and then found her passion for dance and choreography. All the while, yoga, meditation, mysticism, and ritual have been at the heart of Mara's journey. Her trainings in the Incan shaman lineage in the pagan tradition have greatly inspired her life's work of earth-based, ceremonial, intentional, and heart-centered living and loving. I would really love to read your takeaways on today's episode, so take a screenshot of the episode and share one of your takeaways on Instagram, tagging at on and off your mat podcast. I will, of course, reshare you, but the idea is that everybody can come together, read your takeaways, and we can go deeper in the content of each episode. Together as a community, we can grow and learn. All right, let's get to today's episode with Mara. Hi, Mara. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So for listeners that might not know you yet, can we start by talking about you a little bit? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Sure. Okay. Where to begin? <laughs> I know this is an open-ended question. <laughs> That's a big question. Yes. So, you know, I have been in the yoga meditation wellness world for many, many, many years. I've been leading ceremony and ritual since the year 2000. I have followed the path of creativity, art, mindfulness through movement and through ritual lineages. And so that's really all come together through, you know, I'm a teacher. I've always been a teacher and I love teaching and I love being in creative energy. So that's kind of where my passion lies and what I seem to follow. Mm. And you just published a book called Ritual as a Remedy. Congratulations. Thank you. Why write this book or this book now? Yes. Well, you know, this is an online course that I taught for five years pre-pandemic, well before the pandemic. And then again, before the pandemic, I received a very strong message in an intuitive flash, which, you know, does not happen that often when they're very strong and they're crystal clear. And it really was to write this book. And I had a snapshot image, in fact, of myself holding the book. It looks different than it is now. It was a different, you know, what didn't have a title. So the book came through and it just, the message kept coming down, which is for the collective. So really, I wanted to write this book for people to be able to self-heal and self-guide. Mm. And then the pandemic came. And so then I just kept going and saying, okay, this is really time. Yeah, that is definitely helpful in <laughs> hard times. 
So I love rituals myself, but so we're on the same page with listeners. Can you define like what's your working definition of a ritual? What does that include or what makes something we do a ritual or a ceremony? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's to me, it's anything done with intention and a direct consciousness or an awake consciousness and a way that we can, what I love to say is to make our healthy habits holy Mm -hmm. so that it could be the simplest act of listening to the morning bird's song and really receiving that without a busy mind or another agenda or without being on your phone, for example. So, you know, from simple to elaborate, the baseline for me is the intention we hold and carry through any ritual that we do. And so that intention in particular is around, or part of it is around our presence, our like consciousness and savoring what we're doing in a way that you mentioned, like holy or like making it sacred for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And making even the most mundane doing the dishes, you know, we can bring ourselves back all the time, as we know from the meditation work and the mindfulness work and weaving that into daily life is what has struck me the most Mm. about this work to amplify joy and peace and calm in our daily lives. Could you give a few examples of mundane things that you do that have become ritualistic for you for listeners to kind of wrap their head around like what it could look like in their life mm-hmm. without you know sitting on the cushion at the altar like the more typical image that we might have of what a ritual is if we're yes. like in the spiritual world so how do we make our life more ritualistic yes i love to bring forward book ending your morning and your evening so book ending your day with some sort of active consciousness. And so this will look very different for everyone, but we know that the gratitude practice is much more common now than it's ever been before. And you can do it lying down in bed. So for everyone who's very busy out there and they don't know where to begin, you wake up and instead of going, Oh, I have this and this and this to do, you pause one minute, call in three or more gratitudes go even one step further and welcome yourself into your day with all the Mm -hmm. positive what ifs. This is like micro second work that has such a powerful impact on our life. So I would start there, or that's just an example of something really simple. Also something really simple at night is like, how do you put yourself to sleep? You know, how do we take care of ourselves? Is there something one soothing, one relaxing, whether it is simply reading a book, it's about saying, okay, my work for today is done. And now I'm welcoming in peace and relaxation so I can have a good sleep. Very simple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love those two different examples because one, we look at our thoughts, right? We look at an entry door of like gratitude or the positive what ifs and like the impact of our thoughts on everything else that cascades in our life after, right? Our emotional reaction to that, the actions we're going to take, the results we're going to get. So like we're starting at the source with something super simple. And mm-hmm. then we're also looking at actions we can take, right? So we're looking at choices that we make in that sense of what do I need? The example you gave was like something soothing before bed and then, okay, I need to feel soothed or I need to soothe myself. Then what can I do? And like, that's just a way like understanding that we might need something particular to then have an better night's sleep. So like putting it in action. And those two examples are things that we need to do every day. Like so many of us are so stressed that falling asleep is difficult, right? Mm -hmm. And like creating a container for us where the bedroom is, you know, either represents that moment of 
soothing or connection or time for ourselves mm -hmm. or whatever we need to bring so we can sleep. I think those yes. are very easy things to start with, even if we don't consider ourselves like really spiritual in a way, like we don't have a meditation practice. We don't have other like more typical ritualistic practices mm -hmm. just to be intentional with what we do already every day is a really beautiful and simple way to start. Yes. So coming back to the title of the book, being ritual as remedy, then what are they remedy for? Like why, why use these rituals in our lives? Yes, that's a great question. And, you know, I think that everyone can relate to this right now is that I would say, you know, across the globe and, you know, all the things that are going on currently on the planet, there can be disassociation, there can be disconnection, there can be a sense of not belonging somewhere, in fact, mm -hmm. or loneliness, the epidemic of loneliness, the stress, the overwhelm, the anxiety that, you know, is happening in certain events in the world. So I feel that we need to amplify our soul care in a way right now. And that is the remedy could be that these micro rituals or macro, they can be never simple to elaborate that we allow ourselves to place the intention there. And then that kind of connection grows. It magnifies so that, you know, there's still going to be the ongoing stress and, you know, energy in the world. Yet we perhaps feel a little bit more connected to our source, to ourself, to our grounded connection so that we can navigate our way through that perhaps with greater ease and be actually, you know, good ancestors for this earth. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So basically, no matter what is going on in our lives, we can use our rituals for patterns of taking better care of ourselves, for healing, and as you said, to navigate our life with more grace or more ease or, you know, finding kind of that way to fill our cup to then also support people around us and whatever other ways we are in service of the world. Would you agree mm -hmm. with that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I also want to unpack a little bit that, you know, our rituals change throughout our life, depending mm -hmm. on what cycle we're in. And so when we're steady with them, we can actually recognize, oh, you know, I'm ready for something else now, or I'm going to reroute and repattern my morning ritual because I want to work on, you know, my capacity to love right now. That's happened to me recently. You know, I was really ready to shake up my morning ritual. And so you know, I decided to start dropping into, you know, a heart-led visualization and it just morphed from itself. It just morphed mm -hmm. from the inside of my body because every morning I create this special time. I wake up before my children do. So it's very sacred time for me. And if I miss it, and some days I do because, you know, whatever, but I miss it when I don't do it, you know, it becomes this thing like, oh, or I have this special tree that I visit in the forest. And, you know, when I don't get there, I go, oh, I, I wanted to go see my tree and I want to go talk to her. I want to go like hug her and feel her. I think in the greater picture, we self-regulate through our rituals. Ooh, I love that. Mm, yeah, I'm kind of taking a moment to like take it in. Yeah, we said... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think in the grand scheme of things, exactly, no matter what you're going through, your rituals can support you in what you need in that moment and help you self-regulate, as you put it. So other than like missing those rituals once we have them implanted, how do we know 
that we have the right one or we're choosing the right one for a given moment because we talk, you know, it could be like a day to day change, but it could also be like we talked about kind of the season of life Mm -hmm. or, you know, more long term. So how do we know either when we're ready to change or how do we know if what we're doing now is the right thing for us and is what we need? Well, I think having that, you know, relationship with your shadow or with the darker places within, which are very normal and we need to normalize our Mm -hmm. shadows and our, you know, the way that our emotions can be imbalanced through certain cycles and through hormones. And as we move and shift and age through life. So I think that that is for me personally, always my navigation point is like, what's going on with my emotions and what is the talk in my mind? And so these observation, these ways that we can slow down just enough to hear or see or journal, you know, really what's cooking, what's going on, you know, what's burning. And that, Mm -hmm. I feel that I always ask that to myself or my clients, like what's cooking right now, what's going on for you, you know? And I think that that is a way to go, oh, okay, let's unpack that a bit more. And that's going on because perhaps, you know, of this or that, the relationship of the past or, you know, the projection of the future, it's often that right past or future stuff that, you know, trips us up a bit. And I feel once we get a point on that, we can then go, okay, well, what kind of ritual what kind of practice, what do I know will nourish that aspect of me or that longing in me? So let's say it's a longing for love or there's grief or there's sadness, there's despair. Then that could be a way, well, how can I invite more love into my life? And that could be literally rubbing rose oil on my heart and my lungs Oh, so nice. Mm -hmm. Or going to see, you know, a traditional Chinese medicine doctor, a naturopath, a homeopath working with the plants. You know, that's personally what I do is I then go out and, you know, I find my own rituals and sometimes I need to ask for support. So I really want to unpack that too, that sometimes our rituals can come from the support we receive and the downloads we receive. And then we go forward and we can create them with that information. Mm Mm-hmm. What you said also the word support kind of sparked a thought in me that I hadn't really think about before, because for me, ritual is something that is very personal, but at the same time, we can create ritual with the people around us. And I think that's a beautiful thing that I hadn't considered in this conversation before, but like as simple as, you know, gathering together for a meditation practice or other rituals like plant medicine, Mm -hmm. or there's a lot of things that people come together as a group to do, to support each other in the ritual practices of different lineage of different, Mm -hmm. just practicing together as a group, whether it's like yoga or another, you know, type of, so I think there's also that support idea of like, we are supporting ourselves. And then we can also ask for the support of our direct and bigger communities around us, like whether it's family based or it's a little bigger than that to create rituals for ourselves to nourish, to soothe ourselves to whatever the needs that we have. Yes. Yes. I love that. And I think that that's a really great liftoff point to, you know, dialogue even more about, like you said, the, the rituals that are really personal, private, sacred to you. And then the ones that are with our family, our friends, our communities, and how can we engage ceremonially with them? And even though, okay, so let's, for example, my parents are having their 60th wedding anniversary. Isn't that Mm. incredible this summer? And so we're having this gathering and, you know, even though 
not everyone is speaking the same language in terms of spirit or, you know, ritual, I can still bring all of that intention into it. And I can, you know, add these sacred ceremonial things and I can contribute to that and stay very connected to my own personal beliefs, even though that's not everyone's practice. And I think we can get to that place in our life because there is in many cultures in my own family, you know, we didn't go to church. We didn't grow up with church. So then I found my own way through spirit that, you know, called to me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what I would love to share, you know, with everyone in the audience is that whatever feels right for you to go forth and do it and to bring that in a celebration, whether you're having a dinner party or a birthday party, or, you know, some of these like typical gatherings, we can sparkle them with, you know, beauty, with fresh flowers, with a toast and honoring of gratitude, a blessing. And that ripple effect, I know for real, it inspires everyone else in the room, no matter what lineage they're from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I think you said a very key word and there was celebration. And for me, that is very and very important part of the ritual. Even if it's something sacred just by yourself, there is a celebration of something, of a part of your life, of an experience, of a feeling, of a connection, of an offering. Like for me, it's very much so a celebratory action to be in ritual. Yes. Yes. And I'll give one quick example because I love making the mundane sacred and it's just about a vibe, right? It's just about a vibration that you carry and that you honor it and go, wow, this is blowing Mm -hmm. me away. So I had this end of year, you know, gathering in my home for, you know, my children, they finished the school year and it's the summer and it was it was all ages here. There was the elders and the younger, you know, and the littles. And we ended up having a dance party that was like mind blowing all together, everyone full freedom, full celebration. And I thought, this is it. This is the ritual right now that I am holding, which is freedom in movement in to be together. Joy. Yes. Mm, That's so beautiful. Hmm. Yeah. So when we've talked about like, it's about the intention Mm -hmm. and it's about what we need, right? Like how we can support ourselves, regulate ourselves. And then there's the aspect of celebration in that, I think. How does that all come together? Is there like one skill that we need to cultivate to be able to do these things? Or is there something we need to learn? Like if we're like, okay, but I don't really know, Mm -hmm. like, what do I need or what, what I want to celebrate really? Like, how do we start to unveil how we can use rituals for our lives? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Thank you for that. I think there's something around reciprocity, equal giving to receiving and not holding back anymore. So it makes me think of, you know, a basic also, if you're hosting an event or if you're, you know, there's always a beginning, a middle and an end, right? Or if you're doing a class, right? For all the yoga teachers, you know, you want the beginning, you want to have the message in the middle or something, you know, and then that closing. And so I think if we can hold that beginning, middle and end with an equal giving to receiving and to no longer hold back from, you know, what you want to put out into the world. Mm. um, I think there's something there that, you know, if you do want to have that in your class where everyone shares their gratitude, but you feel a little shy to do that, for example, well, why not just try it? You know, why not just go forward and try it? And, or if you wanted to start, you know, honoring the moon cycle, which is a big part of, you know, my practice, for example, 
new moon, full moon, every new moon, full moon, I'm there. I'm ready. I'm like, okay, this is the thank you. Thank you, moon, for all the gifts and the lessons for getting me in my seat to do my work here. And so for those of you, you know, also where to start, where to begin, if you did want to follow the moon cycle, it's very powerful to do that. You put the full moon, follow the calendar, get it in your phone or whatever. And then you just, you sit, you have your journal, you have your candle and you ask yourself, okay, what can I release at this time in my life? What isn't serving me? And then you ask yourself, what am I inviting in? Two very simple questions, releasing, inviting. Hmm. That's a very simple place to start for people. It's great. And yeah. it's rhythmic. So this is an important part of ritual. That so there's repetition. There's repetition. There's rhythm. So what happens is we get to observe ourself and our life and our state through the monthly cycle. That's mm-hmm. powerful because then we become more discerning. Hmm. That was the story I was carrying last month. I'm carrying it that this month too. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, I think I'm ready to shift that now. For example, yeah. So we yeah, get so it really... allows us to see patterns over time more than yeah. if we did like just one here and there, and we didn't quite continue in a rhythmic way. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that's super useful. Like, and it gives power in the repetition. That is more than just I should do this again because it's a ritual and I'm supposed to, mm-hmm. right? And it's. I think it comes back to that when I was kind of hearing in, in your answer is like part of that skill is awareness, is self-study. It is like getting to know yourself through these things or with these things. And the more you get to know yourself, the more you know the ritual you need. It's like this like cycle of like one leads into the other and the second leads into the first. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, awareness. Awareness (laughs) inside the cycles. And I'll just pull out my ammonite fossil right now because I love to work with this. So, this fossil, you know, beautiful. If you guys see on video, it's beautiful. Yeah. So, it's the basic spiral, which is very ancient Mm -hmm. symbology of, you know, reciprocity to sometimes we're going in, we draw into ourself, sometimes we're drawing out of the cycle, the circle, and it's not linear. So, let us repattern our mind thinking that is not A to B, you know, that it's this spiral and this swirl and that we're part of the cycle, just like we're part of the cycle of earth, air, fire, and water. So we're part of the elements. You know, when we start to live, I feel when we start to shift our attitude here, we're less lonely because we feel like we're part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that. And that comes also with, you know, with our beautiful wisdom of aging. So as we age, do you feel that way? We start to feel I that do. more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's nice, isn't it? There's a solace. There's a peace there. There's a freedom. There's a freedom. Yeah. And then there's a listening, right? And so, you know, another way to begin this ritual practice too, is really to be in nature and to listen. So you could call it meditation, you could call it just, you know, receiving, releasing, honoring, but it really is to just listen and observe nature Mm. to replenish. That could be a ritual on full moon also, or new moon, or it could be, you know, once a week you go and take yourself on a nature date. (laughs) That sounds so lovely to me. Nature is so nurturing for my soul, definitely. 
So we talked about the moon cycles using that for release and calling in. Mm-hmm. You talked about the elements and how maybe you have an example of how we can use different mm-hmm. elements. We talked about nature as a way to be in the moment, to listen, to observe, and to replenish. Mm-hmm. And earlier you talked about love also, like calling in love. So could you give an example of a practice around the elements and maybe one around love? Sure. Mm, so I think, yes. I mean, what I'll do is I'll give an example of how to receive from each element through nature gazing, for example. So we just brought up nature gazing or nature listening, being in nature without another agenda, without your phone, without um, talking to someone else. So this is really, you know, the power of observation, the power of listening. So let's say you're in that state and you can all visualize yourself in your favorite place in nature that you love, Mm. because I think if you can see it, then you're going to go there probably. So what's your favorite place? My favorite place is up in the hills in Jericho. It's actually close to my house right now. Beautiful. It's uh, yeah. And so it's the ocean is just, you know, down there, but this is like the grassy hills and Mm -hmm. and the forest is spacious and the owls are there. It's really special. Beautiful. I saw the owls yesterday. So that's why I always, and that's where my mother tree is. And so I go to her and I sit with her and I just observe. And so the earth, you know, I look down at the earth and I say, thank you, earth, for um, reminding me to ground and stay calm and for enabling me to release my fear. And then I look out at the ocean or, you know, you can imagine a body of water. And, you know, I say, thank you, water, for reminding me how to let go and how to flow with whatever is coming at me in life. And then I look to the sun and I praise the sun for the power of transformation and for the abundance that the sun brings through our food and through our plant medicines. And I look up to the sky and, you know, you can visualize the clouds shape-shifting, moving and, you know, all the vast energy of the sky, the element of air. And I say, thank you, air, for purification and for this gift of life, for breath, for the gift of life. You know, and then I welcome in the unknown, which is the element of ether. And I ask the question, what am I evolving into today? What am I evolving into today? And that question, it's done with a very humble heart. And I bring that awareness back to my heart, to the source of love. And that question of what am I opening to today? Often through the tree that I'm sitting with or through the nature, (laughs) I've received something and it has been blowing me away because I've been in a very intense writing process. So I've written this ritual book and I've written actually another book, which is going to come out next year at this very time. So the writer's seat has been very strong for me. It's really pulled me in. So therefore I need a lot of nature immersion right now for regulation, for that self-regulation piece. And that's become just a really powerful ritual for me to do on a daily basis. So I wanted to share that. Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah, you're welcome. An example of ritual for love or self-love or compassion, forgiveness, something in that realm of things. Yes. And this is one that can be done. I would say light a candle. If you have a candle, if you have access, no problem. If you don't, for me, what the candle does is it reminds me of this primal source of light of, you know, our ancestors. It was essential to that fire was essential for being able to survive. So it's something that transports us out of 
the busyness and we can direct our energy, you know, to the candle. Then I would place my hands on my heart, go right over to the left and I would sit and I would first begin to say, what's going on? What's, how am I feeling? Are there any hooks or blockages or armor around my heart? Is there any, you know, anything I'm hanging on to that maybe I could forgive in myself or others? And then I would go into what brings me joy and what makes me feel in love and what makes me want to give love back. So working with reciprocity of love. And then I start to visualize a flower, in fact, in my heart. And some others would work like your favorite tree, a plant, something living, something kind of Mm -hmm. of the earth. And I picture a rose because I work a lot with roses and I grow a lot of roses. So I mm. I've got roses everywhere. So I would just start to visualize the rose kind of opening or maybe it's closing it. You know, it's we just get a read. We get a read and I remind myself that, you know, I am a vessel of love and that I can return to love. And this ritual that I just shared is a little bit more self-guided. And that's why I wanted to bring it forward because that's the power of the book I feel and the is that I want to encourage people to go okay, what's going on? But what's different is it's not coming from an anxious mind. The questions is coming from the center of the body. So that's, I would love to share with everyone and the listeners is that when we call for these questions, like, Hey heart, what's going on? How are you doing? Yeah. You're sad. Uh Uh-huh. I hear you. That these questions actually come from the center of our body, not from the trickiness of the mind. I mean, it will cross over. I mean, this is high level work. (laughs) like always crossing over. But to remind ourselves that we have this really juicy, intuitive spirit at the center of our body that wants to like, it wants to come out of us. And it's often through the heart that it'll come out. Mm. Yeah. I love the idea of self-guiding ourselves in this. And you are right with the book, guys. If you feel like you're like, oh, I love these and I didn't expect that they would be so simple, but I also feel like I need guidance. There's so many examples in the book that people can take and then guide themselves through or follow a little bit more like Mm -hmm. step-by-step what to do. But I love the idea of learning those rituals for ourselves, asking ourselves what we need and then taking action to move in that direction and really learning these practices as self-care, as self-love practices, as self-regulating practices. Mm So like staying into our own agency and Mm -hmm. our own empowerment of like, I can take care of myself. I don't need the outside, you know, teacher. Mm -hmm. I don't need the outside practitioner XYZ to Mm -hmm. do this for me. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I think there's an intimacy there that, that gets developed. And I mm-hmm. like to bring, I like to work with that word a lot intimacy, not in a sexual partnership way, but Mm-mm-mm. in a partnership with self. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, and in that connection way, in that like deep connection yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. And also in that sacred way, like I think if you really want to give yourself what's sacred and you want to experience life as sacred, you need that intimate relationship within yourself. And a lot of us at first are a little bit afraid to go there. Mm. And rightfully so, because there's been a lot of things that have happened to us in our life. So sometimes we need to get a little bit of support from others to get us going in that place. 
yeah. to help us work through some of our childhood stuff, some of the past relationship stuff so that we can feel safe enough mm-hmm. that we can go there, you know, and it's worth it. It is so worth doing the work because this, you know, like Mary Oliver says, what are you going to do with this one wild and precious life? And we are worthy. We are worthy of it. Mm, very beautiful. So we've talked about the moon, the elements, nature, love, our own like building of self-study and awareness and self-regulation. What else can we use ritual for in our lives? Like what else can we call in or what aspects of our life can we dive in a little bit more intimately with? Mm-hmm. Abundance. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Abundance. Yeah. So there's several rituals in this book connected to abundance and starting to direct our life towards our dreams, towards you know our goals. Mm. And what I love to say also is, yeah, we do this work and we put the intention out strong and we pray and we call it forward whatever your words for it is. And then we let go of the outcome because sometimes the universe has a different way to show us towards that goal or dream that is actually meant for us. Mm -hmm. And so this is a really important part for me and it's all throughout the book and you'll probably read it several times. It's like (laughs) set your intention, release the outcome. When we release the outcome, What we do is we release the gripping and the holding of something that we're trying to force forward. Then all of a sudden we, like the sky, we get really expansive and we go, oh, okay, that's it. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. And it's true that it's hard as well. Like we're so accustomed to doing something to get the result, to -hmm. learn to do something just for doing something an intentional way, but without like that gripping, that's a practice on its own. (laughs) It is. It's a life, all of this, it's all lifelong practices and it's deep work. And we call, I'd say what I like to call like high level work, you know, where it, you know, and some of it's not for the faint of heart and it it does take work and it does take, like, you got to show up, you know, if you Mm -hmm. want this in, in the most encouraging way not the beat yourself down kind of way in the most encouraging way. And in fact, I feel that a lot of this work has shown me some of the paradigms in the past that I was feeding some of those deep core paradigms that I don't want to be a part of. So why Mm -hmm. would I be feeding that? Mm -hmm. And that is also a daily practice is to, okay, why is that? Why am I pushing and forcing that? And then to get really clear. And it's like, oh, if it's because that's what I really like, that's what really lights me up, then yes. Or is it like come from this, you know, childhood pattern that I learned to go, go, go. And that is, I think, this constant dialogue, reflection, reciprocity that when we are in a place where we're taking care of our souls and we're doing the work these little practices that light us up, we're able to hear and discern more easily the path that we are meant for. Yeah. It really gives us that clarity. It's Mm -hmm. not only like the slow it down because we have to slow down for these rituals. We have to turn inward for these rituals. We have to self-inquire. We have to like regulate ourselves, And all of this helps us get clarity as well. But there's also something kind of magical that happens where things 
that were unclear, like in our bodies, like maybe we were getting clarity mentally, but like now we have an experience of what yes is truly for us versus what no is truly for us, yes. you know? And that's one example. I think we get clarity on a lot of things, but in a very simple way, things get so obvious. Like you mentioned in the beginning, like you had to write this book, you were called mm -hmm. to it. And there's no, you can't even doubt that kind of information anymore because it's mm -hmm. so clear. And I think rituals are giving us that on top of being light up by then on, mm -hmm. you know, on top of supporting ourselves and everything else that they could do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I think just another important point I feel through this book has come that you can converse and it's not woo. We're not like, you know, you can converse with the cosmos around you in a way that is very, very supportive. And that will guide. So let's say, because we talked about rituals for abundance, there's rituals to release fear. There's rituals to connect you to your dreams. There's rituals in here that'll bring you towards greater connection with your ancestors and also with guides, whatever your word, spirit guides, mm -hmm. God, creator, goddess, you know, deities, all of that. But what I've learned through this years of process is we can start to even speak our dreams and our prayers out loud in solo space is very powerful work. I do it in the bath. I do some of my, some of my work because water is really conduit for me. And, you know, there've been points in my life and we all go through hard times and we go through loss and grief and very pivotal moments in our life. And if we can hold those places, they're very deep. If we can hold them with, you know, this ability to communicate, you know, even with ourselves, then there's something very powerful that can happen. Yeah. Mm. I feel like we can talk about this for a while, but yes, we're going to wrap it up. So yes. <laughs> anything else you want to add before we finish? Like if there's one takeaway you'd like listeners to really leave this conversation with, what would that be? Yeah. Well, I think with the book to remember that you don't have to read it from beginning to end. You can pick it up at any place. It could be like an Oracle deck for like mm -hmm, inspiration. Mm -hmm. And that the one other thing is that there's, you know, poetry, there's the written word, the prose that works a lot with the emotions and how to balance emotions. And then there's the actual ritual recipes at the end of each chapter that are for you to work and the play step with. by and, steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I would say, let it become your own because the book, the whole intention was that this is for the collective. So this is not mine. This is for the collective. So really work with it. Like it's your own or work with any of your rituals and customize them to make them feel really good for you. That's beautiful. That permission. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'll put all your info in the show notes where to get the books, but in the meantime, what's the best place for people to find you? If they want to say hello, they have more questions about this, or they want to work with you in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the book has its own website now, ritualasremedy.com. And that will link you to my main site, which is my name, marabranscombe.com. And then also you can find me on Instagram if you wanted to, you know, go on that journey. And Perfect. you can find me through any of those channels. Thank you so much for your time today, Mara. That was a lovely, yeah. lovely chat. Thank you for having me, Erica. My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general, anywhere you listen. You'll find the show notes if you're looking for them at ericabelanger.com slash 141. 
Now, before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And that includes all our premium members. Thank you guys for your support. Once again, thank you for listening in. Until next Monday.